Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers displayed some intense defense throughout the in-season tournament. Is this something they can carry on going forward? We'll tell you next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. This one's always going to be free for you, never behind a paywall. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. YouTube, that's where the kids go, Andy, is where uh, 22,000 subscribers are hanging out and celebrating an in-season tournament victory for the Lakers. Andy, we've covered this team for getting close to 20 years. We have never covered an in-season tournament champion like we currently are. So that is something that is new. And exciting. I uh, want to let people know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, uh, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code in all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. So we're going to talk a little bit uh, about AD, who was, uh, to say the least, Andy, excellent in the final on Saturday against Indiana. Uh, and it really raised his level throughout the in-season tournament. Um, and uh, get into that, we'll get into some things about the defense. But you and I uh, have not had a chance to talk about the finals and potentially what this victory means. You were doing radio work uh, for 710 ESPN, the Lakers flagship station over the weekend. So um, I know I had my thoughts, but I'm curious like, what your big takeaway is from this in terms of whether it's the value of it, who played well, anywhere. I mean, the whole team collectively, I think, played very well. Like even in the, you know, in the finals, D'Angelo Russell, who spent, I think, a lot of the opening three quarters not playing particularly well, he had a few big buckets and big assists in the fourth quarter. Like everybody, I think, who played found ways to contribute. Some some people clearly more than others. You know, LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves as a pretty three-headed monster in that finals with really good supporting uh, defensive work from Cam Reddish, from Jared Vanderbilt, from Torian Prince. Um, But the defense that we've seen since the quarterfinals of the tournament, and I would count, especially for some of the numbers I plan to bring up later, the win over Houston when they really started getting their wings back and really started having like a full complement of players. This bleeps for real, man. Like this, this defense is for real. Assuming health cooperates and everybody can stay upright over the course of this season, there are things that still need to improve because mm-hmm. the way they are winning kind of in dis- either despite of or in spite of their offense that is not a practical formula moving forward to try Even that's to beat. showing some signs. Well, it, it, it is, but again, get into some of this. They need to find ways that their offense can improve that isn't so directly attached to their defense. But nonetheless, this defense as a foundation, I think is sustainable and I think can be pretty damn deadly um, against yeah. just about any team they play. 
Yeah, we'll we'll, I, we'll we'll unpack that more. I think in the next segment, and it, it, but it is I think one of the major uh, takeaways from this tournament is that the the way the Lakers were able to dial in defensively, um, I think it's related to the wings and obviously having the the um, the personnel back that they've been waiting for all season long. But the other thing that I think it is, and this is indicative, I think, of the value of the tournament and and the way the Lakers approached it is they they played playoff caliber defense they 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 put themselves in that space whether they were whatever mental tricks however you want to define it however you want to say they did it or whether it's you know manufactured or whatever i think they, they just cared a lot about winning this thing right. like I, they, I think a lot of people honestly are overthinking this Right. Not only they you, want, right? They they wanted to win, and right. I don't mean you. I just mean in general. Sure, I think it's as simple as they wanted to win the thing. The thing was out there, and I think you know, they, as LeBron and other people have said, you might as well go try to win it. But I also think they understood the value of the exercise and what it means to you have to learn to put you know what it what the defense looks like when you're playing at that level. And I don't expect them with their 25 games in, 24 games in, 14 and nine. That's 20. They are 23 games in. I was told there would be no math. Um, you know, there's a lot of season left. There's basically, you know, 59 games left in the regular season. They're not going to play at the, at the level of what they did in the, in, you know, in, in moments in this tournament, certainly over the weekend against a very good Indiana offense. They're going to do that for 59 of the, uh, of the remaining games. But it's really a valuable thing to practice it, to find that space, to see what it looks like for your team. Um, and I think they understood the value, and then the competitiveness kicks in. Um, but that to me is like you know, they, they discovered some stuff about how the rotation works and where the you know when you need to crank it up like that, what it looks like. That I think is just super valuable for them going forward. Yeah, I mean, both LeBron and Anthony Davis talked after this game about how, you know, they are very proud of this accomplishment and happy that they did it. But this is not an NBA championship. So anybody wanting to mock it or detract from it as, you know, something made up or half of a banner or whatever, there's no point because these guys aren't claiming that it's a championship, despite, you know, the the celebrations that went along with it and the t-shirts and the hats and the medals and the whatnot like this this is not something that the team is going to i think grow complacent or fat and happy oh, about god no right they they lebron and ad both explicitly said not an nba championship but to your point and this is something they all brought up there is value in playing consecutive games at a level where the stakes yeah. feel heightened, like beyond just wanting to win because you want to stack wins in the regular season, because there are practical ramifications for what happens into the playoffs that you are hopefully a part of. There's just value in prepping your, your mind and your body for what it feels like and how you need to respond. Is this at the same level of the NBA playoffs or the NBA finals or game seven of the NBA finals? No. And they know this, but it is more heightened than your average 
regular season game, particularly your average early December game. And when these games come in succession, they are win or go home. And if you don't want to go home and they clearly didn't, that matters. There's value to it. I I 100% agree. I mean, look, just for white people, like think of this as a party that the look the nba lebron made it very clear he was being a good citizen of the nba in you know that he he understood the value to the league and how important it was to the league and to adam silver and all that and he well, was the next going, tv deal he wants to be an owner of a team that new cba all that could affect his eventual team the, ownership but you know there's competitiveness there's strategic value but there's also like you know what I'm a I'm a leading member of this league, and for this thing to work, it's important to them. It's if I if I make it important to me, everyone wins. And like, think of the you know the party in the locker room. Is it a little stupid? Like, you know, could they do that? We're not going to touch that. It's champagne. It's not a real. T-. That's like if somebody invites you to a party, and you just you're just a bleep about it. You're like, no, I'm not going to touch your stuff. I'm not going to eat your food. It's not a real. Just have the celebration, pop some champagne, and go to practice on Monday. It's not a big deal. Um, Tuesday, they're not practicing Monday. They're, <laughs> they're, practicing they're going to their game on Tuesday. That's true. They're, they're, you understand my point. Um, the, what I will, what I really want to find out is there are all kinds of things that can come from the the in season tournament. We can carry some of this over to the to the break. But like I saw, our friend Anthony Irwin made the point. Like I wonder if free agents, like minimum veterans, minimum free agents, will think about teams that have a chance to like go win this thing and like take it seriously as a place to go turn a $1.8 million salary into a $2.3 million salary, stuff like that. That I is a smart if, thought, actually. I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, and I wonder if there will be a question of, um, you know, what what carryover value there will be for teams doing what the Lakers did and this, taking this dress rehearsal seriously. I wonder if there'll be any kind of at least short-term fatigue issue that could come out for the teams that advance deep and play that hard. Um, all kinds of interesting stuff that we're going to learn going forward. Uh, we'll talk about that and the Lakers defense next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy plat- daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you can just Pick more than or less than or on two to six player stats projections and watch the winnings roll in up to 25 times your money. And with the basketball season in full swing there, they just had the in-season tournament. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league created specifically for projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. With the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For example, NFL game, NBA game. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second, that player gets rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use that code LockedOnNBA for a First deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Again, pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. So it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see what the sort of the lasting impact of this tournament is like 
over the course of a regular season, if it ever, if, if it has a, an impact. I mean, I, I think it will benefit the Lakers in the spring for having taken it this seriously in the fall. I think the coaches learned about playoff. They definitely, one of the questions, Andy, that we're going into Saturday's final was, are they going to play, play it like it's a normal game in terms of the rotation? Or are they going to play what looks like a playoff rotation with extra minutes for LeBron and certainly extra minutes for AD? It was the latter. The bench was relatively short. AD played over 40 minutes. LeBron, I think it was at 36, um, which isn't totally extreme, but they were like, 36 minutes of work. <laughs> um, I mean, they treated it like a playoff game, like a like a game six, game seven type thing in terms of how they managed the team. So that part of it, I think they were trying to look ahead to see what this could look like. Yeah, I mean, they, they wanted to replicate high leverage situations. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do that, that means you have to treat every detail like it actually matters. Like you can't say that it's really important, but then your actions don't reflect those type of stakes. Again, it's all it's all part of the buy-in. And honestly, the players wanted it that way. Like it was very obvious that from LeBron and AD down, by the way, the two guys on this team with a championship. So I think they are the two guys on this team with the most right yep. to say, how much this thing actually matters or doesn't matter. And they determined very early on that it does. I mean, as far as that residual effect that you're talking about, I understand why it's something that you're going to be watching for. I'm not particularly worried about it just because my basic attitude is if there's a residual effect from high effort games in December that you feel in April, then as great as he is, LeBron is too old for this whole thing, or as awesome as AD can be at times, his body just is not practically equipped for this stuff. But I, I, That's a little fatalistic for me. Um, I think that, you know, it, I, they could, they, it would not be the worst thing in the world for them to steal some, some rest time for LeBron. Well, the next two, next five games, two are against San Antonio, one's against Chicago. If they can't find some rest there, <laughs> Look, and that's the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to blow teams out so LeBron yeah. can play an easy breezy 28. Right, um, exactly. But like they're just you there is a reason players and veteran players tend to build towards the type of effort that you know you don't necessarily put in over four or five or six games in that way. And in and it was I I I'm not gonna lose sleep over it, but I do think they're I mean, the Pelicans this is game, a little you kind of got a break, to be honest. a little bit unique to the Lakers. Like, know. you know, most teams aren't nursing a 39-year-old star and, and right. a guy and, who I mean, he did about. get kind of a break during the Pelicans game as much as that was a tournament game. He did. It just, it's, it's a, the output, it's extra output that you would like to claw back some of that and find ways. Because this also predates, they've been leaning on LeBron a little harder than I think anybody would want over the course of the first 23 games and then you add a 24th game that was of extra intensity and extra intensity in games 23 and 2002 know, and stuff i'm just saying it wouldn't bother me to for them to dial it back a little bit find ways to do it with lebron um again pre-existing issue to the the tournament that was potentially exacerbated by it a little bit but um, one of the things andy that will Allow that to happen. So the Lakers keep playing defense like they have 
um, like you mentioned, since these wings have come back. And to me, the thing that defines it is the fact that not only do you have Anthony Davis fully engaged in uh, working towards his DPOY, you can keep Jared Vanderbilt and Cam Reddish, one of those two guys on the floor all the time. And the way that they're playing and the disruptive nature of their defense, particularly to attack second units, I think is just incredibly valuable and gives the Lakers defense 48 minutes of structure that they were lacking early in the season. Yeah, I mean, this, like I said earlier, this defense is for real. And like this is the fourth straight game where that defense has just been stellar and it keeps being stellar in the same ways. Mm -hmm. So it just feels like they have created something that is an observable, followable blueprint that they are using. Like some numbers, just to put this in perspective, during the finals themselves, and these numbers I'm holding separate just because they don't count towards the regular season, therefore it's hard to find uh, tracking for like the last four games consecutively because that right. last, if you go four games, it counts the OKC game where they lost, but they were shorthanded. The Pacers entered that finals averaging 128.4 points per game, best in the league. They were held to 109. They didn't crack 100 till there was less than three minutes in this game. They entered the game with the best offensive rating in the league, 123.5. They finished under 103. Tyrese Halliburton had an offensive rating of 101.3 in this game, about 13 uh -huh. points off his average. Right, his normal average had been 114 billion. <laughs> yes, and like it, it's interesting. His night was on paper efficient. He had 20 points on 8 of 14 shooting. But 14 field goal attempts is four fewer than he averages. And it's not and like it was, he... was backloaded. I mean, yes. particularly early in the game. He went, I forget exactly what the number is, but it was like two or three games where he's putting up just insane numbers of assists without a turnover. LeBron turned him over twice in the first like two minutes of the game. Right. And he and, and it's you know, it's not like he was living at the line either no. in this game. Like his usage was three points below his average. In, on a season in a game that he made no bones about the fact he wanted to win and he wanted to take over. They just did a good job taking the ball out of his hands. The The previous three games where they had gotten either their all of their wings back or Rui in the last two, so the Houston win and then the Phoenix and Pelicans wins during the tournament, they had a defensive rating of 95.4, the best in the league by nearly seven points. Number one opponent uh, points per game, 96.3. Again, best by over seven points. Second in the league in opponent field goal percentage. Sixth in the league for opponent field goal attempts. Seventh in the league for field goal uh, opponent free throw attempts. Eleventh um, in the league for opponent three-point percentage. That's about as bad as it gets. And their offensive rating was 14th, which you want to get better. But even these those three games I cited – show how much the defense helps the offense. In those three games, fifth in the league for fast break points, third for points off turnovers, seventh for free throw attempt rate, and ninth for points in the paint. So all of these different ways that the Lakers excel, the defense is actually offsetting some of the issues that they've been having. It's Look, the Lakers' offense, for them to control the game the way that they did on Saturday, it's not an ideal thing. They made two, they made two, two three-pointers. Uh, the entire game, um, their defense was good enough that it kept Indiana, you know, from running away with that three-point margin and making it a an issue. But 
you know, if the Lakers can reach a place where they are a normal three-point shooting team and continue to shoot that level of deep, like the execution we talked about, it, I think after the New Orleans game, it was the the execu- the level of execution that they were sort of dialed into um, was something really impressive to watch. And you saw, you know, the defense was such that even when Indiana got a shot, they were awkward shots. They were difficult shots. They were the kind of shots that lead to the type of things where you can run up the floor and get up the floor quickly. And even if you're not attacking the basket, it is not, and in this game, it was not a coincidence that everything LeBron did was in the paint. All of it. Um, It was because the defense, whether, you know, provided transition opportunities, provided them opportunities to get into their offense quickly to create driving lanes, whatever it might be. Um, And LeBron was pretty damn determined to get to the rack. They they are, you know, the defensive rebounding is cleaning up a little bit. It's not perfect, but it's cleaning up. Um, everyone slots into a more appropriate role defensively. Torian Prince, part of the reason he had been getting lit up is our, you know, this is something our friend Cranjus McBasketball Tim at underscore, uh, Tim underscore NBA had pointed out. Like he was guarding way too far above his station. Players that were too good, best player on the other team, like that. He's a willing defender. He ain't that good. And now you drop him into a better spot. And, you know, all of a sudden Reeves is guarding more appropriately and Russell is guarding more appropriately. And the matchups make more sense. You can do more things. Um, so we'll carry this over a little bit. And I know you have some interesting questions to ask about Anthony Davis going forward. So all that coming up next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you can celebrate this NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get 150 bucks back in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that pays off. Just five bucks, you win that bet. Don't even worry about the spread. You get 150 bucks back in bonus bets. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, all sorts of fun stuff. The app is really easy to use, and it can be just right there all at your fingertips. There's NBA options, of course, to bet on as well. The Lakers currently 18 to 1 to win the NBA championship huh. up from last week. Anthony Davis 75 to 1 for MVP, LeBron 101, Anthony Davis 4.3 to 1 for defensive player of the year up from last week, just behind Rudy Gobert, that's it, and your odds leader for sixth man of the year according to the folks at FanDuel, Austin Reeves now 2.7 to 1, Rui 150 to 1, but Reeves Really impressing the folks over at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Enjoy the NFL season. Enjoy sports with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. You know, it was interesting, Andy. We got a, a question on the YouTube page, Locked on Lakers YouTube page, um, as to whether or not Austin Reeves, again, Saturday's game doesn't count for it in statistical um, purposes, but it does count for it in the way people are thinking about players and awards and stuff like that. Whether or not Reeves has pushed himself into um, that, the, you know, consideration for six man um, now that he's played more games there. Um, and I was going to recommend people look at the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook odds for it because the answer, at least according to Vegas, is oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, he has. Um, yep, absolutely. And, you know, if he gets another 59 games in that spot, there's a very and the Lakers keep winning. There's a very good chance that um, he uh, could win that. So, uh, 
Like they're 11 and four since that three and five start. And so I think because it hasn't always looked great and some of the losses have been particularly ugly, but I believe all but one of them are losses that came on the second night of a back-to-back. A little misleading because in the sense of like the front ends of those back-to-backs were blowouts for the Lakers where you think they could have come back and played better. But bottom line, second night of back-to-backs and all that kind of stuff. Um, they are playing, sort of piling up wins. And this tournament came at a good time for that, I think, to try to sort of lock in that quality of play. Um, because even though it hasn't looked, I think, the way that people would want until the last three or four or five games, maybe, the winning, the 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 good record that gives them the flexibility to let LeBron rest or absorb an a, eight-game Anthony Davis injury or whatever it might be, they're getting to that place um, if they're kind of not there already. it's 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 been a very nice and quiet rise up the Western Conference standings. It's interesting. Ever since LeBron says said a lot needs to get better, a lot has gotten better. Yeah, Obviously, the roster itself got better, and that is a big deal. Um, but maybe he was talking about just overall focus, to your point, would mean the tournament came at a really good time. Maybe he was just really frustrated in that moment and said a lot needed to change, even though he was not wrong in saying a lot needed to change. But I think what we have learned during this period where the Lakers have looked quite good is that to some degree, a lot couldn't change until they really had their roster. Like you could look at the things that obviously needed to get better and point to them and say, if they don't fix these things come April, there may not be a playoffs. And even if they manage to get in, they ain't going to be there very long. But you still need the players and the roster and all the different options in order to make that stuff happen. Now they actually are in a place where I feel like they can be fairly evaluated. And also, too, it is a reminder of why you and I kept trying to stress without being Pollyanna, like they have not hurt themselves along the way. It doesn't look always that pretty, but it honestly doesn't have to be pretty it does in December as long as the stuff that's bad isn't like oh my god I don't know how this can ever be better that's why that Phoenix game where they came back and won that was when they were three and five with the danger mm-hmm. of falling three and six yep was such a big deal yep because that kind of turned it back and then they won a couple more games schedule got a little easier they and they slowly got above 500 like it's hard when you're two or three games below 500. People don't sort of understand that, like, you go six and three over your next next nine games. You're now only one game over 500. Your record doesn't look good. You've won six of nine. That's pretty good. Um, you know, seven of 10 pushes you two games over 500. So, okay, it doesn't look great. That's why last year was such a problem. Like, you fall eight games below 500. You're two and 10. It is so hard to climb out of that and post any kind of record that is even moderately respectable. And they managed to do it, by the way. Um, Like, that that game was so critical. And it allowed them to be in that place where they haven't hurt themselves. And now they – because they don't care if they're a one-seed or two-seed. They'll take it. But they want to be out of the play-in, and I think they'd like to host a first round if possible. 
But other than that, it's like if you need to prioritize something else, you're good to go. I really like where they are. I think they have proof of concept now, um, having played like this with their wings back. Um, like, and it's it's like they've got first world problems. Rui Hachimura is not playing a ton because everything's going really well. Like, they don't need 32 minutes from right. Well, like, he could get. I'm not saying they can't tweak the rotation more, but the, you know, Christian Wood has damn near disappeared. So, like, they've got good problems and proof of concept that this roster is capable of playing really high level basketball that should inform how they have to handle the deadline what happens after december 15th what happens going into february i am very very encouraged by where they are now well what i was going to say even with Rui, wasn't even about it being you know first world problems or whatever i was just going to say this is during a period where they were looking to limit his minutes to some degree anyway like him and Jared Vanderbilt, I don't know if the minutes restriction still exists or exactly what the number's at. Frankly, they haven't really needed to find out. You know, they they controlled the game against Indiana and, and the matchups, I, I think, in a lot of ways favored some of the smaller wings they have, like Christie and Reddish and Prince. But, you know, New Orleans, that was an absolute blowout from basically the second quarter onward like it absolutely just exploded so you know where Rui fits you know sort of permanently moving forward with his minutes kind of remains to be seen but this would you know talk about things falling into place this was a period where Darwin was looking to limit him and Jared Vanderbilt's minutes which depending on how the game's going could be potentially problematic it turned out not to be problematic because the Lakers right now are playing in a way where they can offset a couple of important guys having minutes restrictions. You yeah. mentioned Christ Christian Wood uh, at this point being buried in the rotation. He's not a part of it. Jackson Hayes is. And the reasons that he is in the rotation, I think in a lot of ways reflects what they are doing defensively in terms of disruptiveness, switchability, and athleticism. Three things that Jackson Hayes has more of defensively than Christian Wood. Like, yeah. you, and you know, if, I know if they're able to handle the rebounding issues and stuff in a common way, that's it's one less thing. It's just it's it's an interesting place. You had something that you wanted to mention with AD that I thought. Was well, you know what? Let, let's table it for okay. Tuesday's show, just because we're we're not going to really have time to to get into it. But I did want to mention before we go, uh, Bronny James made his debut. To today against uh, Long Beach State, playing for USC. Obviously, uh, people will remember he had that cardiac arrest. Very, very intense, scary situation for LeBron and his family. You know, in the moment, I mean, who know? Nobody knew whether or not he would be able to live a normal life, much less play basketball. He managed to get on the court. LeBron and the family, obviously, there. Um, he was on a minutes restriction, 16 minutes, finished with four points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block, a very stat stuffing. I don't like his dad, also like his dad. The block was, I believe, of a chase down variety. Um, Bronny said after the game, I just want to say I'm thankful for everything, Mayo Clinic, everything, the way they helped me with my parents, siblings for supporting me through this hard time in my life. I also want to give Appreciation to everyone that's helped me through this, coaches, teammates, all my other coaches. They've been there since the start, and I just want to say I'm thankful for them. LeBron posted on Instagram, 
Can't even tell you all how emotional in all caps today was for me. I'm literally drained. And all I can say is, Bronny, you're simply incredible. Damn the wins and losses that will occur. You've already won the ultimate goal slash championship, and that's life. Proud of you, kid. And today you've given me more life. Thank you. And I love you. This is a really big Super day. Cool. For them. Yeah. It's just, it's, it is, I think every parent, the opportunity to watch their kid play, you know, something like that at a high level and do, I mean, I, it's got to be really hard to be LeBron James's kid playing basketball. Um, but Bronny obviously is a quite good, um, but B just loves it. Like these are people, you know, ki- you know, he's a young guy who loves to play ball and the opportunity, you know, to do it is there for him. And it looked like it might be taken away from him. Uh, and so to go out and do the things that is every parent wants their kids to be able to do the things that make them happy. Um, and Bronny back on the floor is the a, a thing that makes him happy and as a parent you know lebron got to to watch that um it, it's just it's it's a cool moment uh cool that it happened on a sunday uh, you know it didn't conflict with anything the lakers were doing and i had a feeling when lebron made you know, that yeah. declaration that he knew the schedule In but either way of one and like at the very least that the that the not only was like it, it didn't even matter if the lakers made the final of the tournament there were no nba games on sunday yes again None. So LeBron, LeBron leaves very little to chance. I just have a feeling that he knew an idea. his schedule, LeBron, uh, Bronny's ETA and his own schedule pretty well. But again, awesome for LeBron. Uh, very cool for him. The, you know, the Lakers well represented in that game. Rob Palenka was there. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of folks showing up and, you know, maybe scouting, maybe Rob was scouting, um, but a, a great moment for the Lakers uh, and, and the James family, particularly more yeah. than the Lakers, I should say. Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with over 22,000 subscribers, uh, leaving questions, leaving comments. We love all the activity that has been popping up there over the last uh, you know, week or two as the Lakers have been advancing and creating some enthusiasm. So let's continue that as they move forward. Tuesday night, Lakers catch break uh, in against Dallas. Is that that's in Dallas? I believe. Yes, it is. Uh, Kyrie Irving unlikely to play in that one, so it's an opportunity for the Lakers to uh, come out of there with a win. And we will see everybody on Tuesday.